I did balance exercises with my group today. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Faster Masters Rowing Radio, where having a rowing coach only makes you better. Following a program gives you a true pathway to becoming a confident rower who's respected by your peers. You can become the athlete you want to row with. I'm Rebecca Caro, and I'm joined by Marlene Royal. Hello, Rebecca, and hello to our Faster Masters Rowing audience. It's nice to be here today. Yeah, Europe. <laughs> we should say, like pop stars do, hello, London. Yes, hello, Paris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for those of you who aren't familiar with it, we always do the first podcast of the month at an earlier time so that people in Europe don't have to stay up past midnight to listen to us live. And obviously, that is, um, it's a little inconvenient for people in the US, but hey, you guys get the other three or four weeks of the month at 6pm Eastern. So hello, and please use the chat. I can see lots of people joining us live. Tell us where you're listening from. So we get a sense of um, yeah, kind of, Marlene has this like unofficial how many countries are listening simultaneously contest that she runs. And uh, we're not going to tell you what the running scores are, but you know what Marlene's like. Yes, yes. We must be an international traveller. <laughs> <laughs> you must be an international traveller. Now, this week, the podcast is sponsored by the Head of the Charles Training Programme. We know it's still August, but that means it's three months to go for you to train and get fit for your head racing season. Whether you're in the Northern or the Southern Hemisphere, we know that there are long distance races coming up on the racing calendar in October and November. <clears throat> You've got three months and whether you're doing local races where you live or you're heading out for a really big event that's overseas, everybody needs a program designed for masters. Faster Masters Rowing has a specific head racing fall program included in our monthly subscription plans. These are for individuals or crews or a whole club group. Inside, you will be gradually introduced to longer distance workouts and higher rates as the months go by. Every single workout is customized to your strength and fitness so that you get the program that's suitable for you. You can find out more at fastermastersrowing.com forward slash our hyphen courses and get ready now for your big day in the autumn. And for those who have put in singles entries for the head of the Charles, they will be finding out any time now whether their entries have been accepted because the, the entries were due, I think, I think August 1st. And so very shortly the entries will be announced. So I was told that it was likely to be the 8th of August. Uh, I was uh -huh. reading a discussion thread. So, um, yep, we, we definitely, uh, we definitely look forward to hearing how those go. Absolutely. Now, Marlene, can you run through the program? Because it's the first of the month. Let's hear what is the detail that's included in the Faster Masters program. So just for listeners, the basic contents are the same six modules, whether you're on the individual club or crew 
programs. Obviously, there's fine detail inside there that is customized to whether you're a crew or whether you're an individual. And also, Marlene's going to talk about our newly launched fitness program. So in, in this month's content, um, first, let's start with, with our training module. So obviously, the, the training module is a really important um, part of the Faster Masters program because this is your actual um, on-water or if you are training on an indoor rower, these are your rowing sessions. So um, in this month's program, we, we have three key programs. Um, one is focused on 1K racing. And that is because um, in August, there is a peak for those people who have championships in US and Canada. And it will also continue into September because of the FISA World Masters. So we have a 1K program that's focusing, getting pretty close to peak this month. And our 5K program is focused on the preparation you should do this month if you are planning a peak uh, 5K or longer distance race in October or November. And then we have our specific head of the Charles program which um, is what you should be doing this month to get ready for the head of the Charles, which is the third week of August. So that program is geared, it's a little bit different. It has some overlap with the 5K program, but there's some things that are a little bit more specific to this program because it is focused on the head of the Charles and we know the challenges of the head of the Charles. We also have um, our fitness program and the fitness program is a standalone product, which um, has five workouts of varying intensities, uh, fat burning, building endurance, a um, little bit of strength endurance on the water. And that is the fitness program is also a component of our club product. So if you're a club, that program is included in the club subscription for those people who are not competitive, but still want to have some good workouts to follow. Our strength programs mirror the um, on-water programs of what you should be doing if you're going to peak in August or what you should be doing if you're for your strength work if you're focusing on your head racing um, strength programs. And our land fitness for the fitness program, um, we're focusing on balance exercise, and we're going to talk about that in, in just a little bit. Um, our technique video, because this some months we have videos, some months we might have articles or other things pertinent to improving technique. But this month, our video is a backing down into the catch drill to help you feel how to load up the blade when you're in your full reach position so you get a nice grip on the water. And um, Rebecca is explaining that in the video. We have an article about performance, which relates to tapering before your peak event, why we taper, what's the purpose of the taper, why it's important. So we kind of spell that out in a little bit more detail because you will all be tapering at some point, whether it's for your 1K or your head of the Charles or your 5K event. And our rowing lifestyle module has an article that Rebecca wrote called the benefits of an accountability partner. And this is what can be a real big one for boosting your training. If you're having a tough time staying on track, having somebody that helps you stay on track or gives you that little reminder that, well, you know, 
it's okay that, you know, maybe today didn't go well, but just get back on track and somebody to talk to and <clears throat> help each other create some new good habits. And our final bonus is um, going fast with old oars. And uh, Rebecca leads a discussion for us about how you can still go fast rowing with those making blades. It really has been quite a, a bumper program. As most of you know, we normally only have a, a 1K slash 5K plan. And so Marlene really has upped the ante. So big thanks to you for an enormous amount of work, Marlene. Well, we want our faster masters to move those boats at the best speed that they possibly can. <laughs> so. Absolutely right. Now let's get on to balance. Now, Balance is a, a critical part of rowing a fine boat. And we I was inspired to choose this as our topic for today because uh, in the fitness program, Marlene chose for the land training module to focus on balance exercises rather than kind of lifting weights and, um, you know, it is, of course, a bit of core strength as well. So Marlene, perhaps... Can you kick off by telling the listeners a bit about why you chose balance exercises? Uh, body balance exercises, correct. Body so balance why, exercises. Well, as our current subscribers know, and, and for those who are not yet subscribers, um, we keep two months program up all the time. So, for example, this month when we post the August program, the July program stays up until the end of August. And then the July program comes down, the September program goes up. So when we launched our fitness program, our in our July program, we have, we have a, a very nice um, exercise circuit, which is more strength, strength endurance oriented. So for this month, since it's kind of a complimentary month and that month's program is still, still up, um, I decided to do something that was more supportive of our movements. And certainly as we are aging athletes, um, balance can become quite an issue. And balance changes over time, but your balance is completely trainable at the same time. If you work on it, you will maintain good balance. You, you can improve your balance if your balance, you feel like mm, it's not that good, you know, and improving your balance really um, helps you in the boat. Improving your balance on land helps you a lot in the boat. And it also helps you just from a lifestyle point of view of reducing risks of falling, which can be a very big cause of hip injuries or broken bones. So balance becomes quite important to us. So I decided to complement the circuit that was already there. Let's do something that, um, helps create a greater foundation for the movements that we're going to do in the, the, the fitness strength program. We're going to talk first then about balance exercises in the rowing boat. And then we're going to talk about a, a, a couple of these balance exercises and describe them so you can practice them at home. Now, Balancing a rowing boat is one of the perennial challenges, particularly of beginners. But for me, it's also something that really shows through in the sort of finesse that a skillful single sculler can bring 
to their rowing compared with someone who's slightly less skilled. And balance comes from having control over both your body and the oars. Now, this might sound a little bit counterintuitive, but remember your oars pivot at the swivel at the oarlock and your outboard, which is approximately two and a half times longer than the inboard, which is the bit from the pivot up to your handle, whether you're on sweep or sculling, your ability to use those long poles when they're out of the water and to keep them moving through a controlled path that doesn't vary too much is really key to maintaining balance in the boat. Now in sweep, Obviously, you've got to work in pairs. What you do has to match what the person on the opposite side is doing. So I want to talk first then about my favorite balance exercise. And the one that I like the best is the J-curve drill. And the reason I like this is you can do it for both sweep and sculling. And it's a real progressive movement that helps the athlete to feel the weight of the oar in their hands. And this is about understanding the difference between just pushing the handle down with maybe just your wrist compared with doing it with your whole arm moving from your shoulder and then having the proprioception to maintain the height of the handle through the recovery at a predefined place. And so the J-curve drill is really core to being able to skillfully execute this when the boat is stationary. Now, when the boat's stationary, you've got no forward momentum. And so this exposes to a much greater degree the sort of skill that you've got because there's no kind of concealing acceleration from the hull to smooth out some of the inaccuracies that you might be putting into the balance through mishandling the oars. So there you go. That's my favorite is the J-curve drill. Do you have one to add? Well, I'm going to be um, super basic about this. I think a very, uh, uh, in motion, I also have some, some good stationary drills that I like to do. Um, that go along with Rebecca's J-curve drill, but I'm going to talk about a, a drill that you're going to do in movement, in movement, in motion. So let's take a basic pause drill. Okay, so if you do a basic pause drill, you can you can you you include a brief pause, a count of one one thousand to one thousand row, about that length, at some station in your stroke cycle, and you, you pause on the recovery and the idea is to balance and stabilize the boat with the blade off the water for that count of one, 1,000, two, 1,000, then continue into your stroke cycle. So the pause drill, you can do at different stations. You can do it at arms only away. You can do it at arms and body. You can do it at half slide, quarter side, but let me talk, I'm going to talk about um, at arms and body away because this, this is the uh, probably the pause drill that I use the most because 
that is the the position of your arms and body away so after you've done your j curve uh exercise then you can start rowing and then move into your follow-through so your follow-through is going to be pausing arms away with your hip hinge your your body angle and that completes kind of the acceleration phase of your stroke that's a very good transition point to pause for a moment check the weight of your hands the weight over the oars you want to feel that because that will help you sit up a bit and row tall and you want to try to balance momentarily the blades off the water so this takes stabilizing your weight into the rigor a bit being aware of your height off the water and then when you when you um, break the pause you want to try to maintain that that consistent height off the water as you um, prepare your blades and place it in the water. So you can use this because you're, you're using your momentum. You're pausing at a natural part of the stroke cycle where you're going to bring in the slide. So it gives you a, a key point to kind of check where you are. You know, if you're sculling, is my hand position correct at the, at the crossover? If you're um, in sweep, you know, am I sitting up? Do you have weight over the handles? Is my blade off the water? Am I paying attention to the, the person in the seat in front of me? And it's a very good drill to work as a crew, to work and bring the boat together and, and try to find that balance, um, and then to maintain that. So you can add in some variations like pausing. When you pause your blade is feather, and if you want to hold that a little bit longer, you can square, feather, square, feather, row. That's another variation of the pause. Um, that's one that I like. Uh, um, you could also do something like pause and then and then when you break the pause, do an air stroke, which we call like cut the cake and then come up and take the next stroke. So th that's a drill where, that I think you can, that everybody is probably quite familiar with, but it honestly teaches you a great deal um, because it's hard to execute. And the smaller the boat you're in, the, the more difficult it is. And as a crew, it's a really good blending drill to make sure that everyone gets out of the finished position together, gets their body angle over, balances the boat together, has lets their knees start to rise together on the on the recovery. So um, you can use this for small boats or larger boats. It, it's quite effective, and it, you know it certainly is one of our classic rowing drills. <laughs> one of the things that people new to the sport often don't realize is that. The drills that you're taught, like the one, the pause drill Molly's just described, is one that even the most elite athletes do. It's a really useful drill just to re-familiarize yourself with your own skills. I have a, a personal foible, which I'm not going to mention in public, but that drill is one that I choose to do in order to check that my technique hasn't reverted to not doing it correctly. Yes, and and honestly, I would say um, I use pausing arms and body way for about seventy different things. Which you know, balance is certainly a big component of that. But balance plus, you need to check this precise position or this precise position, or check that you're maintaining a stable upper body 
as you compress, which is a huge part of our balance as, as we roll up the blade and get it ready to go into the water. So, um, and doing it at low speeds is very challenging as well. And, you know, so that adds, you know, those lower speeds add, add a higher component of challenge for balance. But, you know, if you can't do it slow, you can't do it at all. <laughs> That's what I would say. Exactly. Now, this podcast is supported by some amazing people who make a small monthly donation to help us cover the running costs of all of the software and hosting. If you're listening now and you've heard anything that is useful that you think, oh, I might like to try that, we would love for you to join our supporters. The place to donate is fastermastersrowing.com forward slash podcast. And if you donate in the next week, I will send you the video of the J-curve drill so that you can fully understand how to build up through the progressive stages of learning this drill. Equally, anyone who's already a podcast supporter and would like the J-curve drill, please just drop me a note uh, to remind me. You can do it through the support tab inside Faster Masters. Uh, just open a support ticket and just put in it, please send me the J-curve drill. And thank you to all of our podcast supporters. We love you and you make our lives better by having one thing that we don't have to worry about each month, which is <laughs> finding extra money to support the broadcast of the podcast. Let's move on to body balance. And I'm going to ask Marlene to pull up a couple of exercises that is included in the fitness uh, module this week for the land training. Sorry, it's this month. Uh, and to talk us through why she selected these and to describe them. So if you're listening and you want to try them at home, you can. Okay, then let's just see if I share my screen. Oh, let's see. Let me try again here. This is where we go. Bear with, bear with. So while Marlene's finding her screen, our uh, land training exercises are produced as a PDF. But within the PDF is a link for you to log into a website where you can see videos of how to do every exercise. So if you're the sort of person who's not familiar with how to do common lifts in the gym, how to do some of the uh, land training exercises. We have one this month called Dead Bug Variant, which is a particularly charming exercise and challenging to do. Um, it helps you see exactly how they should be executed as demonstrated by a really successful, um, experienced athlete. So these are some of the things that Marlene and I had to kind of work out when we were first getting the podcast and the Faster Masters program together, we had to try and work out how do we provide support and advice in a suitable format for customers who are not going to be able to see us in person. And in a way, that's part of the innovation of Faster Masters, that we think we're one of the first 
online training programs where we try and provide you with all of the resources so that you can train yourself or and work with your local coach and work with your local crew so that you can self-coach inside your boat. And having things like the uh, videos of the land training drills, we believe is quite a useful resource um, and is just part of now our commonplace normal program. And of course, we forget that we haven't um, explained this from time to time. And if you're new to the podcast, you may not be able to, uh, you may not have known about this. Okay. Uh, Rebecca, uh, so for me pulling, it, uh, me pulling it up, it, I don't have my settings right in my computer at the moment, but I just emailed it to you if you want to, if you can open it on your end, or I I'll can just that. talk about the exercises. You start talking and I'll bring it okay. up. Okay, so this, now we have, different types of balance exercises. Um, and in this particular series, I focused on balance exercises that you are going to do on your feet standing. This is versus balance exercises that we might do sitting and that that's kind of a whole different, whole different series. So the exercises that I chose here that I really like, um, one starts out like a a one-legged airplane row. And so you have a very light weight in one hand and you, you, you're standing on one leg and you stand with your feet hip width apart and you hold a weight in one hand. Bend forward on one foot opposite to the weight and into the airplane position. And you pull the, uh, you pull the weight towards you as you slightly tip down with your leg behind you. So it's a little bit like what they call the golfer's pickup that they, they don't bend at their back. They extend one leg behind them. And, you know, you know, remember those little um, birds that used to dip their nose into the glass of water. It's that it's sort of that kind of motion. So you're kind of pivoting down and then back up. Um, another one is called the star balance tap. And you, you imagine a star pattern on the floor, or you can actually draw a, a crisscross and another crisscross with some masking tape and you stand on one foot in the center and on one leg you you reach out with one foot and you tap with your leg extended you tap in a full circle all the way around one side then you switch to the other leg then you put your foot in front of you tap 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 out all the way out to the side all the way behind you with the full extended leg standing on one leg that is quite a good balance drill um and if you wanted to make it and then you reach out and then you come back to center then you reach out then you come back to the center so that's a very good drill on one leg that's a little bit more of a dynamic balance it sounds like the sort of thing that you could easily do as a crew in the boat shed while oh, you're sure. warming oh, up sure. and preparing to go on the water Yes, yes, because it's almost like it, almost like you think about skating, right? You're on one leg, and then you reach out with one all the way, extend, point your toe, come back in, extend in front of you, come back in, extend behind you, but you're just balancing on that one leg. So the other one is just a toe touch. And um, single leg balance, that's a big one, and that is really just standing standing on one leg, slightly lifting up the other one. You first start 
lifting one arm up the opposite and then afterwards try to do it lifting both arms up standing on one leg and um if you can hold that for 30 seconds that's pretty good and if you want to make it more challenging close your eyes and that <laughs> very much more challenging and you know easily people will see that you'll balance better on one leg than the other and you know some of it might be related to your strength and weaknesses, muscle imbalances. It might be what side you row in the boat. One leg might be a little bit stronger than the other one. You're definitely going to notice you're, you're probably balanced better on one side versus the other. Um, yes. A really good exercise, and uh, there's a few more in here, but I'll end with this one, is a single leg jump. So again, this is a great little warm-up drill. Um, you can put put a, a piece of tape on the on the floor and then just one little piece of tape that's like a crisscross and standing on one leg, just hop over, hop over the tape on one side and then hop over the tape on the other side and hop over. So hopping back and forth over a piece of tape on one leg, um, also a really, really good exercise. And this is not something that you have to do with any kind of a deep squat. So if you, you know, and obviously if you have knee issues or any problems, you know, don't do anything that, that doesn't feel good or comfortable for you. But if you're comfortable with just a, a little hop, a hop over a piece of tape, this is like a little plyometric exercise, can be very, very good for your feet, your ankles, as well as your, your balance. So that's something that I think is um, a really good component of a warm-up. I like this. This is giving us lots of great ideas that uh, I'll hope to be executing myself when I'm uh, back at the rowing club with my buddies. Now we've had a comment from Bernie who said, I'm a beginner. What are balance exercises for smoothly getting in and out of the boat to balance and stretch for success? I have one suggestion. I'll, I'll go and then you can go, Rebecca, because you may have another suggestion too. Now, assuming... We're going to, I'm going to make an assumption that you're getting into the boat from a dock and that you need to hold your oar handle and you need to step with one foot in on the seat deck. So the, the challenge there, obviously, for, um, for many people is standing on that seat deck and how do I get my other foot in and then sit down? And one, of, one thing I think helps that, like if you're in a sculling boat, you can put the ends of the handles together like I'm butting my fingers together, push the handles in front of you and put the tips together and hold your hand over the tips. And you can pull back on that and slightly up. You can lean a little bit of weight on that. And then if you can lower yourself on down on one leg, that's really good. If you can't, you may be able to sort of lower yourself down partway with two feet and then let one foot go into the shoe. Well, how I would work on this is I would use um, TRX straps, you know, or, or, or a boat, even a boat strap, but just put a boat strap around a pole or around a door, something just, just for you to hold on to and practice squatting on one leg and, and just feeling how you have to shift your balance when you squat on one leg. And you can use a TRX strap or a boat strap for support here, because if you're in a sculling boat, you can use the handles for a little bit of a little bit of support as well. And I think that would be one way to start working on that. And certainly the one-legged 
the single leg balance would certainly help with that. Um, if yeah. it's a mobility, you know, if it's a mobility issue, those are things to work on ankle and hip mobility so that you can, you can squat easier. Yeah, I would say that uh, this may not work for everybody in every boat, but one variant on this you can do, Bernie, is instead of stepping over with one leg and then squatting down, try stepping one foot onto the deck of the boat, then the other foot joining it, and then you can sit down bending on both legs simultaneously, uh, and that might give you a greater feeling of control. One of the key things for getting on from a dock, in addition to what Marlene has said with regards to holding the handles and creating stability there, is with your if you use your hand that's closest to the water to hold the handles, the hand that's closest to the land can then either hold the top of your gate or hold the side of the rigger in order to give you even more balance so that you can actually create a triangle where your hands on the handle, your other hand on the gate or the rigger and your feet on the deck of the boat so that together you can actually feel more stable. And I think once you have the feeling of stability, then you will feel a little more confident in shifting your weight over and maybe trying, you know, doing it on one leg. But you might find that you need to strengthen your legs individually. And so a simple drill that you can do is when you're sitting on a chair, stand up with one leg from the chair. So lift one leg and from sitting down, try and see if you can just stand up just on one leg. Now, you might find that quite hard on a regular chair. It'd be easier to do it from a cushion so that you make the chair a little bit higher before you try it uh, because you do need to have quadriceps strength in order to you know, stand up and down on one leg. Yeah, but, but that's definitely, um, and even standing up and down on one leg, you can just put one hand on a counter and just practice. If you don't have a strap, for example, you can just practice, just support yourself a little bit on a wall or the top of the sofa or a tabletop or countertop and just practice that squat on, on one, one leg. And that's something I would recommend everybody do because that's a key, key exercise as we get older for balance and keeping that leg strength and for getting in and out of a dock, you need it. Um, I would say if, if you do not have good balance getting from the dock to the boat, and, and that is an issue with some people, if you have an option to launch in the water, launch yeah. from the water. Um, you know, certainly with people in, in singles, you can actually, if you're in relatively shallow water, you can straddle the boat and sit down. So you don't have to, to deal with stepping into the boat at all. You just, you know, you just have to be careful about your gunnels on your boat. But um, if you're not in deep water, that's quite an easy way to get in and out of the boat without that challenged um, balance. And if you're in a, in a bigger boat, um, be in water that's shallow enough that you could step on the seat deck and then sit down, you know, so you can get over the, the edge of the boat. And that yeah. does, that eliminates that deep squat, but you know, it's, it's a little more stable, but that's not always available everywhere either. Yeah, you can you can do it. We call it sort of doing it side saddle, like, like yes. riding. So you have both feet on the ground, you turn sideways and sit down and then swing your legs over. Yes. 
getting so, out of the boat if that's a challenge for you know if you know that you are mobility limited uh, tara morgan from seize the blade has a very lovely description of how to do it she gets a load of cut down yoga mats because docks are usually fairly grubby things because obviously lots of people and seabirds and water birds are on them and she puts a yoga mat next to each person's seat so that they can go down onto all fours and then roll sideways just twist and sit down and similarly getting out of the boat take your feet out of the shoes put your hands on the dock and then slowly transfer your weight and so you end up on all fours on the dock and then you can get up in your own time Right. Any more on body balance before we wrap up for the day? Um, I, I think, you know, just encouraging people to do a little bit of balance each day. I mean, honestly, in two or three minutes, you can, you can kind of sharpen up your balance each day. So you can do it while you're standing in line at the grocery store. You can do it while you're washing the dishes. You can, you know, you can, you can, you can stand on one leg at many different points during the day, but, you know, always kind of, focusing on that balance will really, really help it improve. And I think sometimes people are hesitant because they think that it won't improve, but it will improve. Um, there, there is a whole, uh, it'll be a topic for another show. Um, there, there's a whole bunch of seated balance we can do, um, but we'll talk about those things at another time. Yeah, I, I think with a, a lot of strengthening for small muscle groups and um, balance is often working on the muscles uh, in your feet. So like the, 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 the equivalent of your hands. So between your tendons, so the very small muscles up through the top of your foot and through your ankle, that a lot of these are very easy, A, to overstress and B, to strengthen quickly. So they gain strength quite quickly. And one thing to remember is, regardless of your age, it's been proven by science that you gain strength at the same rate, regardless of your age. You might think that old people don't get you know, stronger as quickly as young people. Your starting point of strength might be different, of course, but you gain strength at the same rate. So even trying you know, standing on one foot for one second and one foot for the other, one second on the other foot and do that five times, by the time you've done that five days in a row, I'll hazard a guess that you're going to be beginning to get up to two seconds per foot. And actually, that's a 50% gain in a relatively short period of time. And I know we're, we're nowhere near um, the season of snow. However, really, one reason why cross-country skiing is so good for you as a complementary exercise, besides our fitness um, is the balance and the balancing on one leg because mm. you know when you do cross-country skiing training you really train your feet when you're bounding uphill that's a summer exercise bounding mm. uphill huh. you know walking in sand dunes if you happen to have sand dunes and bare feet that's a really good for strengthening your feet but just walking on a grassy hill with bare feet is a gr uphill is a great way to strengthen your feet. And cross-country skiers do a lot of that kind of training to strengthen exactly those little muscles between your bones. That's really interesting to know. I, when, I, when I used to do a, a bit of running, running on a beach that was a gravel 
was also a particularly good exercise, extremely hard work. Yes, it is. It's a different surface and it's, it's really, really stresses those muscles differently. Just before we end, here are the balance exercises that Marlene was describing earlier. So if you're listening to this on the recording, head over to YouTube, uh, to our YouTube channel, and you'll be able to skip forward to this point in time. And you'll be able to see, I'm scrolling down the full page. Um, you'll, if you pause the video, you should be able to read each one of the exercises uh, that Marlene has described as part of our balance, body balance uh, part of this show. So this has been Faster Masters Rowing Radio, the show dedicated to masters athletes who want fun, fitness and confidence in their rowing. You can become a student of the sport by becoming buying a Faster Masters Rowing program subscription today at fastermastersrowing.com forward slash join. And we look forward to hearing from you if you would like a copy of that J-curve exercise video. Um, until next time, bye-bye.